Good morning. Thank you also for your faithful tithes and offerings. There's baskets in the back or online. We love Jesus and love people. My name is Stephen, and I am so blessed to be the pastor of New Covenant Church, and I'm so thankful for all of you, and I am honored to be able to open the Word of God with you. So this morning, if you don't have a Bible, there were some on the back table. I don't know where they Oh, they're on the back little standy table thing by the back door, or you're welcome to use your phone. It seems like everybody uses their phone nowadays, but I can tell when you're texting. just going to say... <laughs> Just throwing it out. Just throwing it out. Sally, it's great to see you. Merry Christmas. Great to see you, Sal. This is Sally. Sonny, it's great to see you again. Merry Christmas. Blessings to you, Mace. We're so blessed you're here. Love your whole family. This morning, we're going to be looking in the book of Luke, chapter 1. If you'll turn to Luke, chapter 1 with me, please. What's the best part of Christmas? Jesus is the best part of Christmas. What's the best part of December 25th, the day that we celebrate Christmas? Sally, what's your favorite part? Favorite thing about Christmas? Opening presents. Opening presents. As long as they're not marshmallows. <laughs> Sally hates marshmallows. <laughs> and my dad every year gets her marshmallows. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't he? He teases you every year, doesn't he? Yes, opening presents. Fantastic, isn't it? Isn't it funny that when you're a kid, getting the presents is the best thing? You're so excited, especially if you open it up and it's the Nintendo you wanted, or whatever the thing is, the Red Ryder BB gun, whatever it is, you open it up and here it is and it's so exciting. Um, as you get older, it's still exciting to get the gifts. That kind of never goes away because gifts are fun, aren't they? But then also, giving the gifts is really fun. And then you give the kid the whatever, and they open it and they're thrilled, and it's just so exciting. And then you have to put it together, but that's another story. Yeah, or it's the baby and you give them the gift and they're like, yeah, and then they just play with the box. All right, it's all good. But it's fabulous, isn't it? It's fantastic to see those things, it's so fun. Um, and then as you get a little older still, isn't it funny how just having everybody together is special? And looking around the table, and you see the whole family, and you get to worship the Lord together, yeah. and you get to have those moments and those meals and those special times. I married into the Winchell family, and in my family, we didn't eat much bacon ever. Um, just didn't, we weren't bacon people. And all of a sudden, I married Lisa, and she's like, I'm making you bacon for breakfast. And I was like, what's that? Which is weird as an American, right? Yeah, but we just didn't, not that I didn't like bacon, we just didn't take the time to make it. And so I learned that was important. I also learned on Christmas morning, we were going to have a brunch, and we are going to have cinnamon rolls. And they are essential, and they will happen. And this meal is as important as any meal, which was difficult because I was not used to waking up and then preparing immediately a meal before you can open presents. Very difficult for me to wait and allow my wife time to hold back the children while she cooks feverishly in the morning to then have the special meal. But that meal was important. And what I found is that what a great tradition it is. Because as you come together and as you have time together, there's a joy that resonates by being uh, able to worship the Lord and to see each other and do it together. Isn't that great? Yeah. This morning we're going to look at Luke chapter 1, and I want you to think about the joys of Christmas and the things that you've experienced. We've been in a series right now in Luke 1 where we've learned about John the Baptist's birth being foretold and how God hears our prayers. We, turned, we learned last week about 
Mary, hearing the word from the angel Gabriel that she's going to have baby Jesus, and hearing and seeing that God is a God who uh, uses nobody out of nothing sometimes. And today we're going to see how God remembers. He remembers his people. And so in Luke chapter 1, we have, uh, we have Mary who has received the word that Jesus is going to be born from her, and she is going to visit her cousin Elizabeth. So Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist. She is uh, an older woman, and so it's miraculous as a barren woman is the term that they use in this time to conceive. And what's happening with her life and with her husband is completely miraculous. So at this time, what is taking place is her husband, Zechariah, is mute and deaf and can't, you know, he's, he's received a sign from the Lord a little stronger than he wanted. And so he is, uh, he is believing God at his word because the Lord is showing him that. Um, and, and Elizabeth is about six months pregnant. So let's read together Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 39. Here's what it says. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained there with her about three months and returned to her home. Praise the Lord for, the, for his word. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. In this story, this account that we've heard of Mary who's going to visit her cousin Elizabeth and this incredible thing that happens when the baby leaps for joy in her womb. It comes at a time that is unexpected. It comes at a time that really is uh, impossible. And what I mean by that is this. In this time, it has been hundreds, 400 years, since the last time that something big happened, that God spoke to his people directly, that there were uh, prophets on the scene, that there were things happening. There's been about 400 years of relative silence. And the people have been faithful and they've carried on and they've uh, continued in their worship, but there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been times that have been okay. There's been a lot of times that have been bad. And the Lord chooses this time to take one of his servants and fill her with the Holy Spirit. Now, if it had been 400 years and you were the president of the United States and you wanted to do something really special, who would you choose to herald that moment? Maybe a celebrity, 
Maybe somebody who everybody knows. Maybe the, the person with the most TikTok followers so you can get the word out as quick as possible. But God chooses a barren woman with whom it is impossible to conceive. And he chooses a 17-year-old little girl that they will be the ones who will first receive the news of what God is doing. And what he's doing is he's sending his own son to save the world. How incredible is this? The first time out of an impossible time of not hearing from God, that the Lord fills somebody with the Holy Spirit. It's not a great prophet. It's not a king. It's a woman named Elizabeth who gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the greeting of Mary, who's carrying baby Jesus, comes to her ears, the baby within Elizabeth leaps for joy. What an incredible thing. Maybe for you in the time that you've been living in, things have felt impossible. Maybe it's been a long time since you've heard from the Lord. Maybe it's been a long time since you felt any warmth. Maybe it's been a long time since you opened the Word of God and saw Him close to you. Maybe it's felt impossible. And I'm telling you today that the joy of the Lord, that His salvation is at hand, and that nothing is impossible with our God. This incredible time that we hear and, and the story that we read, when Mary comes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, she doesn't come just to check on her and see how she's doing. She comes because the angel has told her, this will be a sign to you that your cousin Elizabeth, who was barren, now has a baby. What would that mean to you? To come and say, hello, and at your greeting, you have this exchange, where this baby is leaping for joy upon hearing Mary's words. It's incredible. Mary says that she magnifies the Lord and that her spirit rejoices in her. As she is crying out to God and she's proclaiming this prayer, there's a couple important things that she says. One of which is at the very end in verse 55, she says this, verse 54. She says, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to, the fa to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. You know, this guy Abraham is really important to the Israelites. He's really important because he's the father of their country, but he's the father of the heritage of faith that they have. And Abraham had heard from God in his old age, much like Elizabeth is now in her old age carrying a child, that he would have a descendant. And so Abraham hears from God, and not only does God say that he's going to have a child with his wife Sarah, but also that this child is going to be the first fruits of, uh, of descendants that will be more than they can number like the stars in the sky. And so Abraham believes God. The Bible tells us that it's credited to him as righteousness, his belief in God, and his foundational trust in what God has said. But Abraham goes through quite a journey. So Abraham, having heard the word of God, then goes forth, and it's several years before Sarah actually conceives. Then she conceives and has a child when Abraham's like 100 years old, and Sarah's about 100, and now they're going to have a baby. Could you imagine having a baby at 100 years old? I'm, well, I have five kids, praise the Lord, and I will tell you I am exhausted. Every day I'm exhausted, and it's a blessing, and it's a joy. But at 100 to have a baby, it's truly a miracle. And so now Sarah has this baby, and their joy is complete in holding this child and seeing God's word made clear that the Lord has been faithful to his promise. And now they're actually holding the baby. And the boy grows up, and... He's, he's got a few years on him now. 
And God comes back to Abraham and he says to Abraham, Abraham, do you trust me? Abraham says, yes, Lord, I trust you. Abraham, have you been, have you been growing the child? Have you been mentoring him and teaching him? Yes, Lord, I have. Yes. He says, then take your child and you're going to sacrifice him to me. Come up this mountaintop and sacrifice the baby to me. So Abraham gets wood loaded on a donkey and he comes to a mountain to take the baby to sacrifice him to God. Now, this sounds horrible and horrific. And one of the things that we have to understand is in this time period, uh, the, the way of sacrifices was important. And the way of sacrifice was important for a big reason. And that big reason is, as people were to come to God, in order to come to God, you had to do, th do so through uh, major massive things, major massive means. Because as God is holy, for people to just come before him was unauthorized. And God in his holiness, especially because of man's sin and his rebellion toward God, because men in their selfishness believed that they could do it better. And they rebelled against God, and the Bible calls that sin against God. And in their selfishness and in their, uh, in their disobedience against God's word, the Lord had said to them, if you sin, you will surely die. And so a barrier was made because man sinned. And in their sin, this barrier between man and God was a gulf that could not be passed. The only way to come before this holy God was through blood. Blood had to be shed because that was the punishment for sin. And so now here's Abraham having seen and received the joy of seeing the promise of God fulfilled. And the Lord says to him, come up here and sacrifice your baby. You know, Abraham was an old guy and he actually saw this baby born. He got to have a, a part in it. And as that happened, really, there's a fundamental question that comes. And that fundamental question is, is your joy because of what you did, or is your joy resting on me? And so Abraham comes up the mountain, and the boy asks his father, he says, Dad, where, what are we going to sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. Now, Hebrews 11 tells us that Abraham believed that God would raise the child from the dead. He didn't come up on the mountain expecting something else to be there. He came up on the mountain expecting that the God who gave life to his body and his wife's body and who gave this promised child, that the Lord would be able to give life again to the boy. So he comes up. And Isaac the son realizes, I'm the sacrifice. And he puts him on top of the altar that he makes. And he's ready to sacrifice the baby. Not a baby, he's like 13. The boy. He says, trust the Lord like I trust the Lord. And in that moment, God sends a ram stuck in a thicket. And he says, Abraham, sacrifice this instead. And so he comes, he grabs the ram, he brings it over, and he sacrifices the animal. Again, why do they sacrifice? It's because blood is required to come before this holy God. And now, in that same heritage of faith, after a long time of silence, Mary carries Jesus Christ God forever, who's become a man for us. The second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, who is God forever, who becomes fully a man and is still fully God in the mystery that that is. And he humbles himself to be a baby with an umbilical cord that really needs the nutrients that Mary gives him to grow. And upon the greeting of the mothers entering the house, the baby inside Elizabeth leaps for joy. Why does he leap for joy? It's not just because there's a new baby that's come. 
Isn't it? And what, joy, babies are joyful, aren't they? Aren't they so great? Yeah. New babies bring joy all the time to everyone other than their parents who are exhausted. <laughs> that they bring joy. But it's not just the baby that's coming that makes this joyful time. It's that God has supplied a son who's going to make a way to be a savior. You see, he's fulfilling all that the father of the heritage of faith, Abraham, had heard before. And when Jesus comes in, the baby leaps for joy at the sound of the Lord. It's because God has come down to enter our circumstance, to come in as a family member to make things right for us. And God in his goodness, because of the joy that's set before him, which is you and me, does not withhold his son Jesus from being put on the altar. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, who goes before us, he is sacrificed for us. He dies on the cross. And he dies on the cross because his blood is shed for us that a way to a holy God might be made. So that all of the sin, all of the wrath on sin, all of the disobedience and punishment that we deserve upon our lives, instead of being poured out onto us, is poured out onto Jesus Christ. Abraham got a ram stuck in a thicket. But we got the real deal, Jesus. And God did not withhold his wrath from Jesus. You see, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, he is the sacrifice that makes our way to God. He is the one whose blood is enough that when he dies for us, God's righteous judgment upon sin is satisfied once and for all that we can come to God. Did you know that the Bible tells us that if you believe in Jesus, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, that you will be saved. What will you be saved from? It's the wrath of a holy God upon our sin because we are not enough to come to him. You know, Mary is not enough. Elizabeth is not enough. The baby jumping for joy is not enough. The good things we do is not enough. The money we give to the poor is not enough. Our status, our likes, all the things that we try to do, the best that we can offer to God pales in comparison to what is actually required to make us right with, with God. But Jesus Christ is enough. Jesus Christ is enough. Mary is rejoicing. Elizabeth is rejoicing. John the Baptist, the baby inside Elizabeth's womb, is rejoicing with a joy unspeakable. Why is it? It's because God is providing a way to come back to himself. And that way is through Jesus Christ. When I think about my favorite Christmas mornings, I don't just think about the times when I got the presents that I wanted. I think about the times that I'm together with the family. As we come into this Christmas season and we celebrate, we're not just celebrating that there's presents. We're not just celebrating beautiful decorations. We're celebrating that God gave a gift and a way for us to come back into the family, to be with him at the table again. And it's Jesus Christ. If you are trusting anything in your life, if you're looking for joy in any area, if you feel like joy is impossible, if you feel like it's been so long since you've heard from God that it is impossible to know joy again, I'm telling you that there is no joy except through Jesus Christ, that he is our joy. And in this Christmas season, if you try to find the joy in the presents or the lights or the decorations or the family or the cinnamon buns or whatever, it's going to pale in comparison 
because there is only one way to have joy that bubbles up in our lives, and it's through Jesus Christ who paved the way for us by his own blood and by his death and resurrection that we would come to God. Jesus Christ, through his life, his death and resurrection, is our salvation. If you don't know Jesus today, if you know that there is sin in your life that is a barrier between you and God, there is only one way to come to a holy God, and it's through blood. And it's not your blood, it's his. And so today, let today be the day that you throw everything you have on Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you for my salvation. I trust you for my life. And I trust you that through you, your death and resurrection, I can know peace and joy again. Because as you come back into that family relationship with God, that's where joy comes. Because he is our source of joy. Amen? Can I ask the worship team to come up? I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing a song together. And I want to remind you today that this joy unspeakable, it's only through Jesus. If you don't know him, if you have never bowed the knee to him, come talk to me or David or Jerry. We want to pray with you. And we want to see God's hand upon you where you can know that you are at peace with God and joy everlasting. If you have had a long time since you felt joy in God, maybe it's felt impossible. God is the God of the impossible. Come to him today and say, Lord, I trust you. And let him fill your heart as he brings you to himself. Amen? Let me pray for you, and then we're going to stand and sing. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are good. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for every person here, Lord, that your hand of peace, your hand of joy would fall upon them, that they would see you, God, that they would know that through Jesus they have life with you. Lord, I pray that you would touch every heart, Lord, that you would cause us all to repent and turn away from sin, so that instead we would hold to you and say that you are Lord. And that we would believe in our hearts that you are raised from the dead. Lord, we trust you and we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together. See you.
this morning in, forgive my motion, in coming to church and preparing last night for this morning, um, the, as Stephen was preaching this morning, how the spirit of God caused John the Baptist to leap inside Elizabeth's womb. That's what I've been experiencing, the leaping of the Lord, the leaping of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want us to walk out of here today missing the significance of the miracle that is taking place in our midst. Um, to see Mace walk in this morning is nothing short of a miracle. And the Lord is been speaking to me that this is not just about Mace. This is about us. This is about us. He is ushering in a new day. He is ushering in miracles and healing and a new season and new birth. Just as Christ came 2,000 years ago, he is ushering in something powerful. And I don't want us to walk out of this building not knowing that and not seeing that. And Mace, for you specifically, this morning Mike spoke to you about the prodigal son who, no, I'm sorry, not the prodigal son, the paralyzed man um, who Jesus said, stand up and walk. And Mace, I believe the Lord is saying, stand up and speak. Know that I have the power to save sins. Stand up and speak. And he is going to restore your voice. He is going to restore your words. And we just be sensitive to God this week. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as you celebrate Christmas. He is doing something. He is doing something big. He is doing something significant. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit this week and begin to see with new eyes what he is about, what he is doing. It's big, guys. Just trust me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. He is good. Let's spend just a moment. We're just going to wait on God for just a second. And if you have a prayer of response and gratitude and for the Lord and all that he's done. Just pray it out together that we can say amen to you. And let's take just a second just to wait on him because he's good. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for, for your kindness, for your love, for your faithfulness. Yes. We thank you for the, the words from Chrysostom. Many of us have been waiting not not long relative to 400 years <laughs> but this church this family this congregation has had had difficult times we've gotten through them Lord because we believe we believe that you you placed us where yes. we are amen yes. We receive the word this morning. Thank yes. You. Lord, open our spiritual eyes. Yes, God. Make us 
keenly aware of what you're doing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Amongst us, within us, around us. Father, I thank you for the, the yes. miracle of Mace. Thank you. Thank We've you. seen thank miracles. Father, Father, help us to walk into expecting, but accepting what it is you're doing and, and looking forward to it, Father, believing for it, speaking out for it. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we, we do that, but make us better at it, Lord. Yes. Help us to be yes. help us to be the Amen. light Amen. that the world needs. Yes. 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 Speak boldly. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Father, we just we thank you for for everything we're aware of, for everything we're not aware of. And we, we believe that you will continue to move within our families, within our congregation, beyond our congregation, Lord. Mm -hmm. but, but we receive the new season that you're speaking of here. Mm -hmm. help, us, help us, Lord, to, to ignite that. Yes, God. But keep it moving forward. Thank you, Father. You've chosen us, and we know you don't need us, but we want to be yes. part of it. Thank yes, you. Lord, we do. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. We do. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You're thank thank you, Father. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. That you sent your Son. Yes save us so we can have a relationship with you. Father God, we also thank the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Living in all of us. Yes. Thank you. In all of us. Yes. Hallelujah. I just pray for this church that we continue to seek you, continue yes. to seek a relationship with you. Yes, Lord. With each other. Father, we just thank you that you speak to us, Father. We're so thankful for that, but Lord, it's all about you. In everything and every word we speak, Father, may we speak of your glory, of your honor, Father. May we raise your name high, Father. Yes, God. May it never be about us, Father. We know, Lord, that it's all about you, Father. Yes, Father, we just thank you that we get to participate, Father, but we just thank you, Lord, and Lord, may this be a season of your name being honored, your name being glorified, your name being lifted high, Father, that we would grow deeper in love with you, that we would grow deeper in love with your word, Father God, that we would know you more, Father. That we would walk deeply in you, Father yes. God, because you're the reason. You are. You're the reason, Father. So, Lord, may we may we seek you more, Father God. May we be like those wise men, Father. May we seek you, Lord. May we seek you with everything we have, Father God. May we not hold back, Father. But may we take time, Father, in your word to get to know you, Father, deeper. 
Father, may it be that we would be a church known for people who love your word and love your spirit, Father God. That we love you, Jesus. May you be glorified forever and ever. Forever and ever, Jesus. You be glorified. Your name above all In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. We are yours, God. Lord, we are yours, and we want to honor you. All God's people said, amen. amen. Now this week, as you go out and proclaim the Lord's word, know the call of the Father, know the great rule of the Son, and know the power of the Holy Spirit as he leads you. He is good. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We're dismissed. The kids are going to come in in a minute, and we're going to get them on the stage and stuff. So my intention, especially after that meeting, is not to have a hard halt and then push you out but I'm pushing you out of the meeting. <laughs> if you can go fellowship, fellowship in the, in the foyer area uh, so we can get the kids settled. And then we'll see you here Christmas Eve. Can't wait. Cookies are at 4.30. Uh, kids come at 4. Cookies at 4.30. 5 o'clock is a program. God bless you all.